Amen. Thank you, Nathan. <clears throat> How are we doing this morning? I get the sense that y'all already stayed up all night or something. <clears throat> like y'all went, went 24 hours early or something. Oh, man. Man, it's good to, good to be with you guys this morning. Um, almost Happy New Year, right? Um, so crazy to, to think 2024. I, he was saying something about... Uh, you know, that we're old or whatever. Then it got me thinking. I was like, Y2K was 24 years ago. Wow. And all the kids said, what's Y2K? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. The computers are going to turn on us. Watch out. Little did we know it would actually be 24 years later that they'd start turning on us. Oh, it's, uh, uh, it's uh, interesting this morning, we're actually, uh, uh, because of sickness and different things that happened when I was walking through, when we were, when we were walking through uh, the book of, uh, well, the chapter of Romans 8 together uh, here a little while back, <clears throat> there was a week that kind of fell out of place, fell out of line because of uh, my sickness and uh, Ben stepped in with a message that I think he had uh, already had and that kind of thing uh, in the last minute, which is always awesome that uh, we have people that can help do that, um, and I so much appreciate it. Uh, but the um, the passage that we skipped, we kind of there were there was a minute there where we're like, okay, what are we which what are we going to skip? Where we and and I actually then at that point said, I think I want to keep this passage for because I didn't I didn't actually know what I was going to teach on this day at the very end of the year. And was kind of leaving it open to, to you know God's leading, if you will, and and so um, uh, I said I think I think I really want to do that on that day, and, and so that's that's what we're looking at today, uh, which you know we'll, we'll get into that here in just a minute. But um, this passage is one of those passages. Uh, even uh, listening to, to Piper talk about it, uh, I was just talking about how it's a it's a bit of a strange passage in some ways. But it is a huge blessing to our faith, this passage. Uh, and it's just two verses out of Romans 8. In fact, if you've got a Bible and you want to go to Romans 8 with me, uh, do that. If you uh, need a Bible, our ushers will bring you one. If you don't own one, you can keep that one. Um, that would be uh, perfectly fine with us. We'd love for you to take it with you. Uh, but Romans chapter 8 is where we're going today. And then, uh, you know, this, this passage I felt like was a great passage in lieu of some of the things Nathan was mentioning about, you know, just kind of the ideas that we always have at the beginning of a year, you know, what are things that we're going to try to make different about this year than the last year and all these sorts of things. Um, and I, I feel like, I feel like we're, we love singing songs like that. I'll follow you anywhere. There's a million reasons to trust you because um, you are by my side. Right, I'll follow you anywhere. You know, we we and I love that. We love that, right? And the truth is, is that we struggle to believe that on the daily, right? Like um, we we do, we believe it, but then but then we find ourselves, you know, you know, we're singing, oh, I'm you know, I'm never gonna fear, I'm gonna trust you, Lord, and all this, and then boom, here comes something, you know. And um, this passage today. I feel like is a key to unlocking something 
in our spiritual lives that I'm afraid many Christians never touch. And I, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm just going on my life and knowing that my sinful self is great at just kind of wandering off and doing it my way sometimes. Not even meaning to. I can, I can, I can do it my way in the name of Jesus. Right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, you know, all right, we're going to do this. All right, Lord bless it. We're going to do this. You know, instead of like, you know, okay, Lord, what are you leading me to do right now, right? And, uh, and I, th- I, think, I think this passage is so good for us today, and especially when we're thinking about fresh starts, if you will, and things like that. And I, it's not all about that, so please don't, don't take it to be. Uh, it's about what it is, and uh, I want to read it with you today. So the passage that we missed is Romans eight twenty six and 27. Romans eight twenty six and 27. And... <laughs> In this little piece of scripture, we have some important things that Paul is fleshing out for us to try to understand, and, and I think that it's so good for us. First of all, uh, he's talking about the Holy Spirit and, and, and a work that the Holy Spirit does for us on our behalf, uh, and in fact, to help us with communicating to the Lord. I want to read the verses. Let's read the two verses here. Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints, according to the will of God. So, let's talk about this. So, this passage, this little nugget of joy, has something for us today. Uh, It starts off there, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I mean, that right there, that, that sounds great. You know, I got, I got weaknesses, you got weaknesses, right? You know, I think when we look back on time, a lot of times we're guilty of only looking back at the things that we didn't do right, the, the mistakes that we made. Uh, I, I think we need to spend more time focusing on the things that God has done, the things that we've seen and had him do in our lives, I, I think is huge. Uh, you know, in fact, I, that's what gives him glory, you know, is for us to, to look back and point at stuff and go, God did that, right? I mean, we, we, we can understand that. And so for us just to even just take that as a little piece of this in the beginning of this and understanding that is very important, I feel like. But it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So we have weakness and for most of us, when it comes to the things that we're weak at, what do we do? We run the other way. Oh, I can't do that. I'm not good at that. I can't be a part of that. I, 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 my talents don't lend themselves in that direction. I'm not this. I'm not that. Fill in the blanks, whatever you want it to be. We can talk ourselves out of doing just about anything that the Lord might actually lead us to do. If we're not careful, it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Helps is a, is a big word, you know, 
Uh, whenever somebody comes to me and says, I need help, that word speaks, you know? That word speaks to us. People, people are not good at asking for help, right? It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. You ever, have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a moment with the Lord where a moment, maybe it's just a moment in life in general, where if you're just being real honest, you're going, you know what, I know I, I, know I need to talk to God about this, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I've already said some stuff, I don't feel like I've got anything else to say. I don't, I don't think he's listening to me. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But, it says, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Think about this for a minute. God sent Jesus, God the Father sent his Son to die on the cross, well, to live this amazing, perfect life, right? To be the perfect sacrificial lamb, to then give his life as a sacrifice in place of the death that our sin deserves, that if we believe in him, trust in him, then our sin is forgiven from the blood that Jesus shed, okay? And then he rose again, right? Empty tomb, three days later, just as promised, just as prophesied. And then what? To defeat death on our behalf, that even in our death, we have life now. If we have Jesus, right? Furthermore, Jesus gets ready to go back to be with the Father, right? And what's he tell the disciples? He's like, you know, they're, you know he's like, he, he says a lot of things. I've read a whole bunch of it just in the last few days of, of him talking about the Spirit to them in different moments. But every time he starts teaching about it, he's like, I can't even tell you everything. You, can, you can't handle it, right? And so... He goes along with that train of thought, and then he says things like, you know, if, if I weren't to leave, then I wouldn't be able to leave you with the Spirit, the Helper, right? And so the Spirit, Jesus leaves, sends the Spirit to them when he leaves to go back to be with the Father, and he says the Spirit will help you. Well, this is one of the things in which the Spirit helps us with. But it is one of those things that it's a bit mystical. Truthfully, it's very spiritual is what it is. In the sense of in moments in life when we don't even know what to take to the Lord, the Spirit will intercede for us and do that. How crazy is that? And so, and I hadn't really even thought about this until I was studying on this week. So God made a way for us when we don't know what to do for himself to intercede for us back to himself, right? Because we've got Father, Son, Holy Spirit all in one, right? And... This is an amazing piece of scripture for us today. As 
we begin to just even understand. What's it say? But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You ever kind of come to a, a point, a moment, where you're just like, you know, I don't even know what to say about this. I, I don't feel like I even have a word that describes this thing that I'm experiencing. The Spirit is able to speak on our behalf. How? How does, how does this work? Whose groanings are these that it's talking about here? Intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words of the Spirit? Does the Spirit have groanings? You think God's like, you know, hanging out groaning about things? No. Not, not necessarily. Not, on his, not for himself, he's not. He doesn't have anything to groan about. But we do. And he knows it even when we don't know it. That's how crazy the Lord works. Whose groanings are these? Not the Spirit's. He's not weak. So they must be ours. How does this happen? He searches our hearts. Verse 27, look at it. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. So, God searches our hearts. Now, here's, here's just a thought as, as kind of a side note. God knows what's on our hearts. God knows what's on our hearts. He searches our hearts. So, in other words, all the crazy, awful stuff that we hide from everybody else you know, like the deepest, darkest things of our heart that are what if we were going to start rating our sins, which we're not supposed to do, uh, you know, but if we were, we'd be like, oh, it's, it's the stuff in my heart that nobody knows about. That's the deep, dark, awful sin, you know, and God already knows it. He already knows it. What's amazing about that is he knows it, and He still loves us. He knows it, and He still sent Jesus to die for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Well, that comes to light real clear right there, doesn't it? When we start thinking about that, because, you know, when we're talking about our sin, most of the time, we're real guilty of, of you know, when we start, we start talking about our sin, we're, talk, we're so used to talking about the stuff that people might know about about us. It kind of doesn't dawn on us that there's that stuff that nobody knows about us, right? But God does. Because he searches our hearts. Verse 27, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So he searches our hearts and he sees our hearts. And the Spirit groans for us. And I, I think 
causes us to groan to and for Him. And if we're thinking about that, and we're thinking about what's happening here in this process, the Spirit is, is doing something that, again, the Spirit Himself doesn't need to groan. He causes us to groan in those moments in which we meet with the Lord and we don't know what else to say. We don't have the words to string together to make the thing that makes the most sense. But the Spirit does. And He sees our hearts. And he sees that stuff. And He knows the Father. And He knows not only what we need, but He knows the will of the Father. What's it say right there? It says, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to what? The will of God. Well, guess what we don't always know? The will of God. So, in essence, if you go back on this, and you start really thinking about this, and you think about things that Jesus taught us, especially about praying, and he said things like this, that we might be willing to pray things like, your will be done. Right? We realize what we're saying when we say that statement to the Lord, right? Your will be done. We're saying, I don't know what's up, but I know you do. And whatever your plan is, I know that it's perfect and it's amazing. And I want that to happen. I want you to do your thing, Lord. But that's a risky thing. Because we got plans. Right? We're great at making plans. And God's great at jacking them up. And it is for our good every single time He jacks up our plans. It is for our good and for His glory. He causes our hearts to groan. Just before this passage, if you notice, it says likewise. Very first word of verse 26 there. Which is tying it back to the things that Paul was just writing before this. And if you go back into that passage uh, that we taught, uh, taught that as a kind of a chunk. I remember teaching a bit about that. And, and, and Romans 8.23 actually starts lending itself to this before we get to it. And it says this in Romans 8.23. I'll read the first, well, I'll read the whole thing. It says, And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. So this is anyone who is a believer in Christ, okay, who's come under the blood of Jesus and has been saved by Him, right? But we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So it's this, you know, while we're waiting for the Lord to take us home and for Him to to make all things new, including our bodies and our lives and all this kind of stuff, there's this other thing going on here. And, he's, and he says, not only the creation, but we ourselves. This is the, you know, to make all things new stuff, right? But we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. So we have the Spirit involved here. 
And it says, groan inwardly, we ourselves groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons and to be made perfect in the redemption of our bodies. So he's already stepping off into this before he gets to this point of trying to help us to understand that the Holy Spirit is doing, he's already done a work in us, right? Has led us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, helps us to see that we are sinners, that we need a Savior, that we need Jesus, right? Then our response is to believe in Christ, and then He saves us. It is that simple. It is true childlike faith. It's not, you know, you got to do these ten steps and keep this checklist. Truly believing in Christ is the only, the only part that we have to play, right? And then, He's saying then beyond that, there's more to it. That the, that the Spirit has these fruits, and, and we talked about that stuff back then when we were going through this, but then he says to groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. To groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. I just think about the Lord as He searches our hearts knows what the, is the mind of the Spirit. Back to verse 27. And what we're seeing there is we're, we're seeing a glimpse of God's omniscience. The fact that He knows everything. Try playing hide and seek with somebody like that. It doesn't work out. He already knows. He knows, he knows the things before we know the things. And yet He still loves us. He still loves us. He still cares for us. He still sent the Spirit to intercede for us when we couldn't speak for ourselves. In moments when our vocabulary isn't good enough to even describe to the Father what is going on in our lives, that when we get ready to take our prayers to our high priest, Jesus, for Him to take to the Father, He's like, here's the Spirit. He'll help you. He's going to be with you night and day. He's not going anywhere. And it says the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So God will hear the prayers that the Spirit makes, but not only that, because He knows the will of the Lord, He intercedes for us with, as someone with all of that knowledge of the will of God, and then on our behalf with that is giving that stuff to the Lord. On our behalf, instead of us in our dumbo selves, sinful selves, wanting to pray for what we want, wanting to pray for our plans to be made whole. And he knows what God's plans are. And let me tell you something our Lord is a Lord that hears the prayers that are in according to His will. 
I praise God for this. I praise God for this. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know the secret will of God in our current circumstances, but the Spirit does. And He does so, and He prays for us according to the will of God. So the Spirit's prayers are never empty. Right? Now think about... Think about Paul in prison. Let's kind of let's let's bring this real time. So maybe this makes more sense, even in a way that maybe we haven't thought about. But I think about Paul being in prison, right? And I think about you know all the moments that he's writing, all this stuff that we have in the New Testament as God's word, and he's doing a lot of it from prison. And here he is penning this, so he's no stranger to tough circumstances. Okay, I mean, like we're like you know. Uh, you know, the you know, I heard a comedian say recently, you know, it's like a white girl joke or whatever, but it was about like you know, uh, your uh, pool furniture didn't arrive by July the third or something, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that we're you know dealing with a lot on a daily basis. Like the things that get us flustered, a lot of times are not things to be flustered about, right? Like we know that, but then. Think about Paul, and he's in prison. And I'm thinking, he, he's got to be wondering how to pray. You're like, what are you talking about, how to pray? I mean, he's probably praying for freedom, right? To be set free. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking he's probably praying for that. But he's also, he's also I'm going to guess, praying that the Lord's will be done. And you know what? The Lord's will sometimes isn't that you get set free. Not here. Eternally, yes. But not here. And so, for us to understand that part of what's possibly happening here for Paul is that even as he's thinking about these things, that he's, he's maybe asking for these things, but also at the same time knowing that the, that the Spirit is interceding for him to pray for that when, maybe when we're praying for God's will to be done and we're imprisoned, then, you know, that the Spirit is in accordance to the, to the will of God, knowing what we need the most, whether that's to be set free or whether it's endurance, to endure the process that he's going through, or whether it's patience, to grow in those moments in ways that only God can grow us in those moments that are the hardest moments of life, right? Same with illness. Same with illness. Pray for healing. Are we praying for healing? Are we praying for endurance? Is it because we're worn down? Maybe we can't pray. Maybe because we're tired. Maybe because we're weak. Maybe because we're hurt. Maybe because of loss. Maybe it's because we're devastated about something. Maybe it's over a big decision that we feel like is going to be this end-all thing that if we make the wrong decision. Yes, yes, 
Yes. All the things that the Spirit is interceding on our behalf for us in accordance to the will of the Father to the Lord. And sometimes our vocabulary is insufficient to express it. And the bottom line here is He helps us in our weaknesses. Helps us in our weaknesses. You feel like you're at a place in life where you need help? Okay. The Lord is on that. That's His specialty. He's he sent someone to hang out for us, with us, for eternity to help us, right? And I think about, you know, our weaknesses. And I could not, not think about this passage of Scripture when I started thinking about this. And I started praying and studying all this. This came right to the top. There, was a, there were two passages. We'll hit the other one in a minute. 2 Corinthians 12, 8. And, and this is where Paul is talking about how he has this thorn in his flesh and he wants to be rid of it and he keeps praying to the Lord, make it go away. Are you there? Are you at a moment in your life where you want the Lord to take something from you and it's not just going away? Here you go. He says, verse 8, 2 Corinthians 12, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in what? Weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest Upon me for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I mean, you could take that last part and stick it in like Rocky Four, you know? And be like, yeah, that fits. And, I, and, and we, we know that, and we hear that. But to live that is, is a whole other thing. To trust in the Lord for that is a whole other thing. But man, when we do, and we're reminded as He searches our hearts and He still loves us, that He's interceding for us and causing groanings in us that match His will, that's amazing. Think about, I spent some time this week thinking about moments in my life when I've had like some clear like direction from the Lord. And, and there's, there's a handful, I tend to kind of go back to the same ones. I know that there's others, uh, the, these, the ones I'm going to share with you today are ones that were very pivotal moments in my life and, and truthfully in my ministry as well. And just, you know, praying and, you know, again, sometimes we feel like we're just beating our head against the wall, praying to the Lord, and we're not getting the answers we're looking for, whatever it may be. And I, 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 I thought about, you know, one of the things that I always loved as a student pastor was going to camp. I love taking kids to camp. I, I, I kind of miss going to camp. 
I don't miss the not sleeping sometimes, but actually I figured out a way to sleep at most camps that I went to, so it worked out okay. Um, but no, one of the things that I love, the, the thing that I loved about camp, I mean, I, I loved the camaraderie, I loved the relationships that were built, I loved all of that stuff, but what I really loved was seeing kids, like the light turn on for what it really looked like to have a relationship with Jesus. And I got to thinking about that. You know, we helped start a camp a long time ago that's uh, no longer going. It was run by a bunch of student pastors for a long time, and then everybody got old. Um, so, uh, but man, it was, it was a fantastic camp. We called it, it was called Super Summer. And uh, the thing with Super Summer is that, I, I mean, it seemed like every kid that came to that camp walked away changed. But it wasn't the camp. And we had it at college campuses usually. You know, it, well, it was at like a little camp in eastern Tennessee at one point. And that was honestly a terrible place. There was like sewage everywhere and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, Mercy Me was our worship band. That was before they were Mercy Me. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, anyway, we, you know, then it was at Tennessee Tech. Then it was at Austin P. Was it, was it, was it the place? It's Austin P. It's Tennessee Tech. It's sewage, right? all these things but but it was the it was the way the camp was designed in that the the kids were given so much time to spend with the lord we had uh, we they they would hear teachings different different people teach i think on average four times in a day over the course of the day and then around each of those times they would meet with small groups uh, with adults to like walk through things that they were thinking about and that they'd heard, to talk through understanding the scriptures and all these different things. And then also on top of that, encouraged uh, a couple times a day to, to just spend time with the Lord on their own. And by the end of it all, the lights are coming on for these kids. And it wasn't because the curriculum was great. We had a bunch of knuckleheads, me included, writing it. And I look back on it and I go, it was God cultivating that relationship, doing that work in their hearts as they spent true time with the Lord. The key is spending time with the Lord. It's not just Bible study. It's not just seeking the Lord. It's, it's seeking the Lord and cultivating a real relationship with Him. I got and I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. Some of the most miserable people I know are people that are pastors, theologians, that they can tell you so much about the Scriptures. But they're missing the most important piece, which is the relationship with God. Being in love with Jesus. Truly trusting. And this goes for anybody, not just pastors or whatever. But if we as Christians make it all about just going to church, that's not enough. God wants our whole heart. 
And the work He's wanting to do is in our hearts. But if we don't spend time, if we don't take actual time to be with Him, meet with Him, build a relationship with Him, what, what's going to happen there? It's probably not going to be great. When we spend time with the Lord, our hearts change. He changes us. Makes us new. I know Aaron more and more every week of my life. And I'm more in love with her every week as time goes on because of getting to know who she is. Now I can't say that about everybody as I've gotten to know them more and more. Praise the Lord for her. But I, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to try it for yourself. Try it for yourself. I think about the other moments in life for me when God has spoken to my heart, I think about there was a, a time at a retreat many years ago. I was on my own setting up a worship room and so upset with the Lord that I was, they were, everybody else was eating dinner and it was like before worship and I had someone else that was speaking. Praise the Lord for that, for what I'm about to tell you. You understand why? Um, because I was so upset with the Lord that while I was setting up that room by myself, I was literally screaming at God. And I was having this shouting match back and forth. And in the middle of that whole thing, I felt like God said to me, I am enough. And I was upset about a relationship, was what I was upset about. And I felt like God said, I am enough. I did a year-long seminary program in Seattle. Spent a good bit of money to pull that off, had to go every month to Seattle. This is after we started 24, many years ago now, I think 10, 12 years ago or so. And uh, I, I loved it, by the way. It was great um, for many reasons. But um, anyway, went through all of that to get to one of the very last classes. And uh, John Piper was our professor for the class, which was pretty awesome. And the most leveling thing of the whole program was at the very end of his last session when we're sitting there and somebody said, John, tell us the books that we have to read. Tell us the books that we got to have on our shelf. And he stopped and he said, I, I, I want to say something that the Lord has been teaching me and it's not the answer you're looking for. But I'm going to tell it to you because it's what's on my heart. And he said, the Lord's been telling me, read more Bible. Read more Bible. And honestly, I feel like the Lord put me in all that for me to hear that statement. I mean, it can't get more in front of your face when you're a pastor. But it wasn't because I was in Seattle. And honestly, it really wasn't because Piper said it either. I went to a monastery in Kentucky 
during a kind of a rough spot in my life, and honestly, even in the church's life, that probably a lot of people didn't really know was a rough spot. As God has protected this church in ways I just still stay amazed at in so many things, and I'm so grateful. And I went to a monastery just, just to get away. Why? To be with the Lord. And again, was upset. was kind of having words with the Lord. I don't think I was shouting this time. And I didn't feel like really anything was happening out of this. And then I went one of the afternoons I was there over on a hillside, and there's a cross there. And uh, they'll put people up, especially in ministry, for free. And so free, free room and board, just stay as long as you need to and, you know, seek the Lord is kind of the deal. I'm on this hillside, and while on this hillside, after having this kind of little back and forth with the Lord, I felt like he just said, Chris, trust me. Trust me. And it wasn't because I was at a monastery or on a hill with a cross or in the state of Kentucky. It wasn't where I was. It's who I was listening to. Who are you listening to? Is the Lord allowed to speak into your life at all? Are you making time for the Lord to speak into your life at all? That, that's just a question. That's a question. Now think of Psalm 139, where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there will be any grievous, got to think that's close to groaning, way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let me tell you what. You don't know what to pray? Pray that. Pray that. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Here's the real question. Here's the real question. You want to know what the real question is? Are we willing to let the Lord truly lead us or do we just like singing about it? He wants to lead us. And maybe, maybe this year, maybe... Maybe 2024 is a year for you to look back on one day and go, that's the year when it started. That's the year when God began to lead me because I was listening, because I was spending time with Him. And I was allowing Him space in my life, time in my heart to cultivate my heart because this is happening in the heart, according to this passage, right? I'm going to tell you, get ready. Things are going to change. You won't be the same. It'll mess you up. He'll mess you up. 
and it'll be great. Trust in Him. Follow Him. You see, the Spirit intercedes for us with the Father when we don't know what to say. But God already sent one to intercede on our behalf to defend us from all the charges that might ever be brought against us, guaranteeing for us our salvation. And His name is Jesus. And if you've never trusted in Him, maybe today's the day. Maybe you pray and ask Him to do that in your heart today. For all of us, this is work done in our hearts, not our heads. Let's don't get that mixed up. Let Him lead. Let Him help you. I want to take a couple of minutes and us pray together. Can we do that? Let's pray together.